Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. Pastor, I, I thought you'd be run out by now. No, I'm just getting started. Because I am, I am on to something here that I believe that God wants everybody in this house to grasp and to get a hold of. And I think it's time for we, as ministers of the gospel, to preach the word of the Lord that God wants us to preach. I want to I help you all I can. Everybody say favor. favor. Psalms chapter 30 verse 5 says it simply like this. For his anger lasts only a moment. But his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I want to talk to you today on favor, God's favor. Turn to somebody and say, I want to help the man preach, and you may be seated. God bless you. You're awesome people. You're awesome people. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Welcome all of our guests today in second service. Thank you for being a part of us. Had a massive crowd in the first service. I think we pushed 800 in the first service today. What a joyous 9 o'clock service we had. And then to see all you late sleepers. <laughs> see you in church today. What a joy to have you. And it's an honor to minister the gospel to you. We've all experienced God's favor. We really have. You've experienced it in different ways and at different times than I have. The good news is that whatever favor has come your way in the past, get ready for this, God has more for you in the future. His favor is enduring. It's never ending. It never runs out. It's always around us. It's on us. It's with us. It's not something that is only for one season of your life, like teenage years or the mid-years or the elder years, the golden years. It's not something that is with you only when you've made the right choice or done the right thing. It's not something with a quota or a measurement on it. In fact, how do you measure this? Give and it shall be given. But when he gives back, it's going to be heaped up, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. How do you measure that kind of blessing from God? And so it's not something with a quota or measurement. It is favor. Everybody say forever. forever. Psalm 5 and 12 says, Surely, Lord, you will bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. In other words, he puts a shield of favor around his people. Psalm 84 and 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walks, whose walk is blameless. Psalms chapter 90 verse 17, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And then Proverbs chapter 3 verse 4, scriptures I read last week, then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and in the sight of men. Last week we learned very briefly that we learned something last week. Favor is the outworking of God's grace. Everybody say it's unmerited. Everybody say it's unearned. 
is not something anybody here qualifies for, but it's the outworking of the grace of God in your life. Grace is unmerited favor. Mercy is not getting what you deserve, and grace is getting what you don't deserve. And it's an awesome thing to have the grace and the mercy of God in our life. Can you say amen to that? Because without His mercy, without His grace, none of us would be here today. We would already be gone. We learned, secondly, that favor is not based on who you are, but it is based on whose you are. We believe that? I remember when I bought my first car. I told you about it last week. I bought my first car, 17 years old, and I signed it for myself, the note, no cosign. But I knew my daddy had already had some dealings with the car dealer behind the scenes. And my dad's favor in that t city brought me favor in my own life. And I was able to buy, not because of who I was, but because of whose I was. Amen? And my God is for me today. I belong to a great God. We learn that when you're favor-minded, you will see favor increase in your life. You believe that? Yeah. If you are problem-minded, you're going to see problems. If you are need-minded, you're going to become needy. If you are, are, are troubled-minded, you're going to have trouble. If you are poverty-minded, that's all probably you'll ever see. But when you are favor-minded, you'll see favor and attract favor in your life. This past week, guys, my, my, my text has been, my text message has been blowing up. I probably got 15 or 20 texts and phone calls of, of, of people just saying, Pastor, guess what? I got a parking spot close to the door. <laughs> Isn't that cute? I found this parking spot, Pastor, close to the door. That was the simplest illustration I could give you last week because I've, I've used it forever. I got it from an old pastor in Dallas, Texas named Paul Hush that used to tell me, Son, there's no sense in you parking out, out yonder because God knows we have to work extra for people in the church. So you need a parking spot up front. So when you start driving up, just say, Lord, open a door. Open somebody up. Let somebody that don't believe in you to back out right now so I can pull in. And I've got calls all week long. I've got texts all week long. My phone's blown up of people that have walked in the favor and the blessing of Almighty God. Anybody seen any favor this week? Anybody seen some favor this week? Are you starting to recognize that maybe God might be for us? And if God is for us, then woo, who can be against us? Have you ever thought that God might be your best friend? He might be somebody that's on your team. He might like you a little bit. Hey, little bit. he might love you a little bit. God's for you. Quit being against yourself and making everybody feel that God don't love you. Don't you speak for God. When God said he loves you, he loves you. And he's not taking it back. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. I got a, I got a family in this church. It's so precious. I, 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 Thursday afternoon sometimes I take off if it's a pretty day, and I, I, I play a little golf on Thursday afternoon, and I've got some golf buddies, and, and they're, they're just they're awesome. And one of them that, that's, that rides with me from time to time is Dickie King. Dickie and his wife Barbara go to this church, and they're awesome people. I don't know if they're in this service this, this today or not, but, but he told me a beautiful story last Thursday. He said, after the service last week, he said one of his grandkids stayed in church with him, and he said he took him to Jimmy Clay to a little par three out there at Jimmy Clay. <laughs> he, said, he said his grandson's hitting that ball. He said, you can walk on that par three, you know, all day for $5, and the kid can play for $2. So that's a good thing to do, Dad, if you don't have any money. Just go out to Jimmy Clay and, and tell him you're not playing. Let the kids play for $2 a piece and uh, then walk, and when they're not looking, hit a shot. You know what I'm saying? No, and anyhow, anyhow, he said they was out there playing, they was out there playing golf, and, uh, and uh, he, said, he said that little, one of his little grandsons, Tristan, he said, 
He said he had missed a bunch of putts the first four or five holes, but he said on about hole number five, he said he made about a 10-foot putt. And he said he jumped up and held his putter in the air and he said, Favor of God! <laughs> now, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Don't you let a little old kid claim favor when he makes a putt and you're getting blessed every day and you're not claiming the favor of God on your life. Amen? We got, a, we got a precious lady in our church that last Sunday in between services, she got news that her mom was dying in Minnesota and she couldn't fly on Sunday because the NBA All-Star game kept her out of going from the place that she needed to go, Houston, to get to Minneapolis. So she drove and, and when she started out, there was a check engine light on and they had a, a, she had a, a baby granddaughter that was sick in the car and the girls, she said, were probably going to lose her job because they're going to have to be gone from their jobs next, last Monday and Tuesday. And snow was forecasted. She got to Minnesota on Monday. And when she got there, snow was forecasted all the way up. And when she got there, the snow started falling five minutes after they got there. She wrote this about favor. The check engine light never came on again. Never. She got hotel on reward points. And it's the largest hospital in Minnesota. Now, you got to get this. Where her mom was hospitalized. And every time they pulled up in the garage parking to the elevator, they got a parking spot right beside the elevator door. And when they, oh, you're not getting it yet, are you? You need a lottery ticket, don't you? You need something massive, don't you? Let me tell you, when God opens up a parking place for you, you ought to get outside your car and just do a little dance and say, hallelujah, I'm walking in it. And when you start realizing you're walking in it, look out, it's coming. And she said, we went to lunch. We came back and on our way back, she said, girls, I wonder if we get this same spot. And said, when we was pulling up the car that was blocking the place where we were parked early in the morning, backed out, and we got our place again. And we went and had another break later in the day, and when we came back, another car was pulling out. Right when we was pulling in, said, cars were everywhere. And we was right in line to get that spot again. She said, Pastor, it was favor. I'm going to tell you, when you start recognizing the little things, get ready for some big things in your life. I got a precious couple that owns a business in this church, and they text us this week. Just stuff that we've, we've gotten this week, just, just testimonies, just testimonials in this church. And, 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 and one of the, the, the lady of the family gave a, a missionary last Tuesday, gave them, a, gave them a wonderful offering, this missionary couple that needed some money in, in, in America to get around. And so this couple is very, very, uh, very gratuitous and very, very friendly with, with God and their money. So they blessed this family. And she said, immediately, I went to the, went to the mailbox. I went to the, to the post office to get our mail. And she said, when I got it, said, I, I saw something from the IRS. And she said, oh, I said, oh God, because what's what you think when the IRS? And said, I opened it up, and it was a refund check, and we hadn't even filed our taxes yet. It was an old refund check that they owed us from the past and said it was a massive amount of money. Hallelujah. And they're going to be tithing today, and I thank God for that. But... <laughs> But she said, it, it was favor. I recognize the favor of God. Everything that God does for you, you need to start turning it in and not saying, oh, the devil's been after me all day, bless his holy name. You need to start turning in favor. And every time you see an inclination of favor, you need to say, I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to step in that. I'm not going to use that old negative mindset again. God's going to change me. God's going to turn my life around. God's going to help me. God's going to bless me because I'm walking in his favor. I got a great one for you. Thursday, coming back from the restaurant, the staff was on its way back, and the phone rang in my car, and I have Bluetooth in my car, and so everybody heard the message, and it was, it was Rob Condry. Rob Condry, seven months ago, was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. You with me? 
Now, it's bigger than a parking spot now, okay? It's bigger than a parking spot. Stage four cancer. And, and the doctor, he went back to his oncologist last week, and the doctor checked him. And it was his regular checkup. And the doctor ran tests on him and checked him again and did everything he could and said, Rob, I don't understand it. I don't get it. said, not only do you not have any cancer there. Stay with me now. Stay with me. Wait for your clap here. But it looks like you've never had cancer there. I'm going to tell you, when God, when God gets ready, oh, when God gets ready to step in, you just need to step back and say, go ahead, God. Do what you do because you do God better than anybody I know. Would somebody rejoice? Would somebody step out of your car right now and rejoice? That's bigger than a parking spot. Come on, go ahead and admit it. God's been favorable to me. God's blessed me. God's helped me. You need to start thinking favor. And when you do, you'll increase in favor. I don't know where you are today, but I'm ready for some more favor in my life. I'm ready for an expansion of favor on this church. Say amen. amen. I'm ready for an expansion of favor on your family. Say amen. amen. I'm ready for an expansion of favor on your finances. Say amen. amen. I'm ready for an expansion of favor on healing in your life. Say amen. amen. I'm ready for expansion of, of favor on salvation in this church. Say amen. amen. I'm ready for an expansion of favor on anything that we touch and anything we do. Whatever we put our hand to, I want God to bless it, bless it, bless it, bless it. I'm tired of us making up plans and say, God, follow us. I'm ready to start following him. Whatever he wants in our life is what we want in our life. That's where favor resides. Clap your hands and rejoice and say amen to that. It's our time to thank favor, to see opportunities in every problem, to see the unexplainable gestures of favor, to see promotion. Luke chapter 2 verse 52 says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. Let me, tell you, let me tell you something else. The fourth thing we talked last week, God's favor will give you favor with the right people. Now, I want to tell you a little story about a man named Joseph, and then I'm, and then I'm, and then I'm, I'm going to preach here a little bit. I'm going to tell you a story about a man named Joseph. Joseph was a, a, a boy that had visions and dreams, and he came out and told his brothers one day, and his brothers got mad at him and threw him in a pit when the Ephraimites... Midianites, pardon me, came along. They sold him into the land of Egypt. And, and when he got to Egypt, God showed him favor again, gave him, gave him favor in Potiphar's house. And then Potiphar's wife lied on him. And, and he lost a couple of jackets there. He lost two coats, a coat of many colors in the pit. Then he lost another coat in Potiphar's house. He had a lot of coats in his life. I guess there was a lot of wintertime in his life. And he ran out of that coat. And then he got put in prison. And he, was, and he stayed there for about 14 years in that prison house. You got to get this now. But a cupbearer, a cupbearer of the king, remembered him and told the king, there's a man in prison that needs to be out of prison because he can interpret your dreams. He can tell you what God is doing and what God's not doing. And the king went down and said, go get him out of there. Now, you got to get this. you got to get this in your mind right now. I want, you, I want you to grab this. When they came to get Joseph, the Bible said he changed his garments hastily. Now, I want you to get this. I'm going to say it again. He changed his garments right now. He changed from prison clothes to palace clothes right now. You still ain't got it. There's a rumble of getting it, but you still ain't got it. Because there's some people that think their life is always going to be like it is right now. 
and you've been imprisoned in some thought processes and imprisoned in some ideologies and imprisoned by the chasms of your fear and your doubts. And I'm telling you, God has sent the cupbearer's servant, I am he, to tell you that you don't have to live there any longer. It's time for you to come out of that mindset. It's time for you to come out of that thinking process. And it's time for you to change your garments hastily and come on and get to the palace where God wants you to be and where God wants you to dwell. Oh, I feel like dancing right now. I feel like telling you that God has got something powerful. God has got something glorious for you in your life. You got to get out of those clothes. You got to get out of that negative thinking. You got to get out of that past thought. You got to get out of that old dull thinking. You got to get and put some clothes on and say, this is what I am. Don't need to preach this and you take five years to let it happen in your life. If I can ever get your mind to change, I promise you, a lot of things will follow. And this church is not a victim church. This church is a victorious church. God is with us. Clap your hands and rejoice in that right now. God's favor, point five, will open doors of opportunity for your life. This is all we talked about last week. I could preach on last week again just add more stuff to it. Because favor is going to keep showing up in your life. Let me read something from Colossians 4 and 5. Make the most of every opportunity. Okay, what he's saying there is simply this. Get on the top side of opportunity. Don't let opportunity take advantage of you. Get on the top side. It's kind of like that statue that is, in, that is in Europe to this day. And the statue is called Opportunity. And it's a man in a running posture. And he's got a long beard. And he's got flowing long hair in the back. And the hair is flowing out. And the beard is against his chest because he's in a running posture. And the, 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 the conversation goes like this. Who are you? And the statue says to you, I am opportunity. And you say, why do you have such a long beard? And opportunity says, because I am fast. I am quick. And you have to grab on. That's something to grab on to. And then you go around back and you notice there's a bald spot in that long hair right here. And they say, why do you have a bald spot in the back of your head? He said, because once I'm past you, I can't be stopped. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. Opportunity is in front of us today in 2013. Are you ready to grab a hold of the beard of opportunity and say, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of thinking the way I've always thought. I'm tired of dreaming the way I've always dreamt. I'm tired of sharing the sad stories I've always shared. I am a child of God. I am walking in favor. And God is going to put an opportunity in my life. And I'm going to see it to, to fruition because if God is for me, say it. Who can be against me? Clap your hands and rejoice right now. You don't know what God's got for you. Let me tell you, big opportunities start with a towel and a basin of water. Don't you ever doubt it. It does start with a spirit of entitlement. You've got to have a spirit of servitude in your heart and your life. Because entitlement will get you nothing but yourself. And yourself has got you in more trouble than it can ever get you out of. Start trusting God. How about it, balcony? You want to clap up there, balcony? Start trusting God. Start trusting God. Start trusting and believing in God. There's a little, there's a little church down in Australia called Hillsong Church. And uh, they, had a, they, had a, they had a little praise singer in that, in that band that before, that before that Hillsong group got famous. A little old girl who was like third or fourth secretary in the church, and she was just a part of the praise singers. Her name was Darlene Chet. And uh, one day, 
I guess the spirit of entitlement got a hold of somebody. He decided he'd quit and go to greener pastures. So he just quit. And so in the middle of the week, the pastor came to Darlene and said, Darlene, do you think you can take over the leadership of the praise course on Sunday? And Darlene said, I'll try, pastor. And with a weak and a, a meek and a, a gentle spirit, she walked into that, into that place of leadership. I think the rest is history. They have put songs and albums and tapes and, because what you don't know is that where you are now is not where God's going to have you in a few days. God's got his hand on this church. I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching to make you just feel good. I'm preaching to make you be better than you've ever been in your life. It's time to wake up and realize that God's favor is here and his grace is abundant and his, merciful is, his mercy is plentiful and we can walk in that favor of God. Can you say amen to that? So, let me, let, me, let, me, let me do something here. Point six, God has favor planned for your future. Say, God has favor, favor. planned for my future. Let me tell you a little story. Let me tell you a quick story about a woman named Naomi, her husband named Elimelech. There was a famine in a place called Bethlehem, which was the house of bread. So there was a famine in the house of bread. And so Elimelech and Naomi decided they'd go to Moab. They would, they would run to Moab and try to find some prosperity in Moab. Now God called Moab his wash pot, which means that all the dredge of life and all the stuff that you wash off of you is in the wash pot, all the filth, all the dirt, all the bad stuff. All the things that your body collects in a day when you bathe, Moab is that. It's the collecting pot of all the dredge of life. And so when they get there, their boys fall in love with two little Moabitess women. One is named Ruth and the other is named Orpha. And these boys get married to this, these girls and Elimelech and Naomi, and they have a beautiful little family. It's a wonderful time. And then in battle, one of the boys gets killed in another battle, another boy gets killed, and the dad dies, and, and all of a sudden we've got three women left and no men in the house. And so Naomi, who hears that the famine is over back in Bethlehem, decides she's going to go back to Bethlehem, and she's going to leave, and so they come to the, to the edge of the country, and there's two little girls behind her. One is named Ruth, and one is named Orpha. And she turns and said, girls, I want you to go back to your gods and go back to the, to the things that you come from. Don't... Don't, don't follow me. Don't follow me. She said, I'm bitter. I, I, I'm not what I used to be. I'm not who you think I am. Because when I left, I left something precious, and I've got to go back and reclaim it. She was talking about a backslidden state that she was in. She said, I left full. I'm returning empty. And so one of the girls kissed her mother-in-law and said, Mother-in-law, I, I think I will stay. Her name was Orpha. And I don't know if we've ever heard from her again. Maybe in the descendants of the, of the people of Gath. I don't know. But, but, but perhaps we never heard from her again. But there was another girl named Ruth that said, No, 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 that's not going to work. It's not going to work. I've seen enough even here to let me know there must be something greater over there. And then she made the famous statement that we talk about in weddings a whole lot. Entreat me not to leave you, nor return from following after you. For where you go, I'm going to go. And where you lodge, I'm going to lodge. And your people shall be my people. Now watch this. And your God. Shall be my God. 
And where you die, I will die. And where you're buried, I will be buried. Here's what I want to tell you. Do you realize where Ruth is in the Bible? It's right after Judges. And Judges is a, is a, is a book that is absolutely incorrigible because Judges is people that get in trouble and God bails them out. Then they feel like they're entitled. They own everything. Then they get back in trouble and God bails them out. And they feel like they're entitled and they own everything. And it's a cycle. Every time you see something in Judges, it's just a cycle. And God is saying, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a little old Moabitess woman right behind the book of Judges. And I'm going to show you what dedicated, oh, hallelujah. I'm going to show you what a person that comes out of a world, that comes out of not knowing me, that comes out of heathenism, that comes out of the works of the flesh. And when they really get converted, what I can do with them and the favor I can show them and the blessing I can reside on them. Hear me. It ain't time to be up and down and in and out. It's time to get a hold of favor and say, I'm going to be the person that God wants me to be. Oh. And so Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, sees her. She's in the field. She's working in a field. It was her hap, H-A-P, that means her good fortune. It was her hap to be in the field of Boaz. And Boaz saw her. And he said, leave some handfuls on purpose for her. Just leave some stuff there for her. Boy, I want to get out there and preach so bad, but I'm afraid I'll get lost. I won't get back up here. Man, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. And he left, he left some little handfuls just on purpose. He said, drop some. And here comes Ruth. And she's gleaning those handfuls. And she comes home at night and says, Naomi, look, I got an apron full of handfuls on purpose. I got some apron. She said, honey, Boaz is doing that. But honey, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's just a parking place. That's just saying, oh, God, give me favor up front of the store. Honey, that ain't nothing what's going to happen. Because not only is he going to give you handfuls on purpose, he likes you. He likes the person you are. He loves your spirit. He understands that you are nothing and you don't have anything. And you're going to give everything you have to somebody that will love you like that. And he realizes that. And you ain't seen nothing yet, honey. You just wait. You just wait. What you need to do is attach yourself to him and attach yourself to his kingdom because he is the kinsman redeemer and he's going to bless you. And the Bible said, you ready for this? The Bible said every night after a while she came in and laid at the feet of Boaz when the sun went down till the sun came up she was at his feet that doesn't mean she sinned with him but she was at his feet because she wanted him to know I have found somebody that's going to take care of me and I will worship you and I will love you and I will adore you can somebody hear me today I'm talking about our kinsman redeemer he's got more than parking spots for you he's got more than little blessings for you if you come in and worship him and come in and love him and come in and adore him, get ready. He's going to drop stuff on you you can't imagine. Woo! God has favor planned for your future. And the flow of God's favor will usually come to you through someone observing you that is capable of blessing you.
Now, I'm going to give you a reverse story. Boaz was the kinsman redeemer. But I'm going to give you another story on the flip side. When I was 25 years old, I took a church in Dallas. had 15 people in it. I could not imagine this kind of crowd times two, times three on Sunday. Couldn't imagine. 15 people and I was, I was choked down with debt and church was in debt, huge debt. And uh, on Memorial Day weekend, a mafia, a Dallas mafia member walked in our church. And on that day, he was baptized in water. God got him the first day. He had done a lot of bad stuff. And he wanted to get it right. And I was the best priest he had found that day. A month later, on July the 4th, God baptized him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You see the Holy Spirit. There was a conference convening in uh, Anaheim, California in October, which means July, August, September. In October, we was going to a conference. We didn't have the money. The church was bringing in that year about $11,000. We had no money. But God gave me some handfuls on purpose. He let people buy tires for me. He let people buy groceries for me. I got checks from people in the mail because I was giving it all I had. I could cry today and shout at the same. I feel like buck dancing right now. You know what that means, don't you? That means just lose all control. Just go nuts. Just go nuts about Jesus. Just go crazy. I'm, I'm in love with you, Jesus. I want you to know it. And this old boy named Ardell. Ardell. He always carried a gun before you. They had them licenses to carry. You know, he carried a gun. Big one. Big one. Big had a big old tummy and when he walked in he had that coat like this and he was always dressed to the nines that hair gray slick straight back wore shades till he got to the door and sometime he wore them till he sat down oh he's scary looking <laughs> he come up to me one Sunday morning he said preacher I want the pulpit today for 10 minutes he didn't ask he just said I want it I'm 26 years old I said yes sir do you want to preach go ahead <laughs> I'll sit down. I'll do whatever. <laughs> he got up and he said, I heard that there's a conference going on in California and our pastor don't have enough money to go. He said, so we're going to raise it. He didn't say, you think we can't? We're going to raise it. He said, I'm going to give so-and-so. He gave the most. He said, then he pointed, he said, how much you going to give? And you, come on, you got money. <laughs> and he raised us in about seven minutes, $1,000. <laughs> he walked over to me and said, next time you need me, just holler. <laughs> you know what I recognize? It might have been a handful on purpose, but I recognize God's favor. God gave me favor. And you know what? I cashed in on that situation. I understand that God had more for me. I never dreamed that a West Texas boy that didn't have preachers in his family, that had outlaws for, for in-laws, and I mean, I mean outlaws for, for cousins and, and brother-in-laws and all that kind of stuff, had all kinds of people in my life that wasn't right. 
had all these people that were on their way to hell and nobody cared. They was glad they was going to hell. But God called me out of that ministry, out of that place and put me in the ministry and put a, put a name on me and called me his own and said, you're going to be a preacher of the gospel. And I couldn't believe it. And then this, then this mafia man from Dallas, mafia man comes in with a gun. I said, God, is that all I'm ever going to reach? And he blessed the church more than anybody that I know until the day he died. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. When God gets ready to set you up, don't you buck duck your head and say, God, I'm not for that. You let God. God do what he wants to do in your life. You let God minister. He's got a blessing for you. You stay humble. You stay right. Don't feel entitled. And let God bless your life. Oh, somebody help me preach right now. Favor. 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 I'm about to close. Come help me. Brother Randy, favor. The flow of God's favor will usually come to you through someone observing you that is capable of blessing you. A year after Ardell received the Lord in his life, he came to church one Sunday. He didn't have a gun. And I said, you're not carrying a gun today? He said, no, no. He said, I'm good now. He said, God's giving me peace. He said, Pastor, I've been... I've been receiving a lot here in this church in the last year. If I die, I'm in a better place. He carried a gun because he's afraid somebody's going to come and take him out because he had changed, he changed his gods. He was serving the true and living God. He died. We buried him. He's in the hands of the Lord today. But he showed something to me I need to share with you. That God can use any kind of thing to show you favor. That old boss that cusses all the time, and you just, mm, every time he uses the Lord's name in vain, mm, every time he throws some kind of expletive, deleted out, mm, God, it hurts. I know it hurts. I know it hurts. I used to shine shoes in a barbershop when I was a kid. Some pretty rough talk in barbershops in sundown Texas and I would squeamish because I said I don't want to talk like that I don't want to be like that I used to get 25 cent tips back then I didn't realize his favor but it was God's favor but the woman that opened up my whole reservoir of thinking in this manner was a lady because nobody ever preached like this when I was a kid was a lady in Longview, Texas who was my Sunday school teacher. She's turning 90 years old today. And I'm going to send her a little, a little mail, a little email or a little, uh, a little iPhone mail. And I'm going, to, I'm going to tell her I love her because when I walked in the church, I've been left home at 19 to go to college. When I walked in the church, she walked up to me and she said, there's something unusual about you, son. And I want to tell you two things. Jesus loves you, and he's for you. And I stayed there a year, a little over a year, went to college. Then I went to seminary, went to, went to Bible college the next year. And she walked up to me the day I was leaving to go to college. She walked up to me, and she gave me a Crudence Concordance. We didn't have computers then. We didn't have Internet. We didn't have all the 
the stuff that you could get good thoughts and good stories from. We didn't have all that. We just had a Thompson Chain Reference Bible and a Crudus Concordance. Boy, some messages I preached were pitiful. But she gave me this. She said, you'll need this. You'll need this. Because you're going to preach real good in your life. And when you don't preach real good, I want to tell you something, son. God still loves you. He's for you. Thank you, Sister Weaver. We used to call her the round mound of rebound. She was wider than she was tall. She put something in me that bad preaching didn't take out of me. That preaching that said I was going to hell every week didn't take out of me. She showed me that God loved me and he was for me. Oh. Now here's what I want to tell you real quickly. There's two things I want to share and then I'm going to close. Number one is this. You know how to retain the favor of God? You know how to do it? Very simply, he's got to be number one. He has to be number one. He can't, he can't slip to number two. God is never second place. He's got to be first. He must be first. Seek first the kingdom. He's got to be first. And all these other things will be added. He's got to be first. Don't you get some entitlement attitude thinking you're going to do this by yourself? If God's blessed you with a million, he'll bless you with more. If he's blessed you with healing, he'll bless you again. Don't get, all, don't get all puffed up and think you did that. You didn't do that. God blessed you to get that. He's blessed you to retain. He's blessed you to give. He's blessed you to receive. He's blessed you to do that. Receive from God because everything good and perfect comes from the Father of life in whom is no variableness, no shadow of turning. God does good stuff. You know how to lose favor? Get big on yourself. All of a sudden, you become the boss. You become the king. He's the... Solomon said, I've seen an evil under the sun. I've seen princes walking and servants riding. I've seen some stuff that shouldn't be happening. I've seen people that shouldn't be doing and people that shouldn't be not. There's a spirit of entitlement that can get a hold of people so easily. And we think it's all about us. It's not about us. And one day when we all get to heaven, we're going to realize around the throne... It's always been about him. It's always been about him. We moved my mother yesterday. I'm closing. We moved my mother yesterday out of her place. It kind of was a sad saga. It really was. It was a sad day. Because mom will never have a house again. She'll never have a place of residence again. She's, she'll be in a nursing home till she dies. And it was tough. It was tough. It was tough. But I had three sons-in-laws there, had three daughters, my sweet wife, and old Bo Daddy was there. I had to, somebody had to give orders. I was there. And my two grandsons that were old enough, capable enough to help us move, and they played catch and said, when do we get to go home? But I looked around yesterday, please forgive me. I looked around yesterday and I said, He does love me. And I am blessed. 
met a little couple first service. They're going to join our church. They went to starting point today and we're talking about Brad and talking about Mitch and the joy of hearing what they had to say at starting point next door. And uh, she's expecting a baby. And I was telling her who my kids were. tell you something I'm blessed and listen to me listen to me if your child is disobedient and not here today don't give up God's not finished if your job is not what it should be today and you you need a promotion don't give up God's not finished if you're battling some kind of disease in your body and it's about to whip you don't give up God's not finished because God has got more than just handfuls on purpose. God's got a relationship that he wants to establish with all of you. And you need to come and lay at his feet every day and say, you're my king, you're my hero, I love you, Jesus. Anybody want to do that right now? Throw your hands in the air all over the house. Let's magnify him in the name of the Lord. Let's magnify him in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. I love you. Come on, praise him right now. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Come on, praise him right now. If you feel like standing to your feet, stand to your feet. I love you, Lord. I thank you for right now. I love you, Lord. I thank you for right now. I thank you. I thank you for favor. 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 And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.